Tuesday, 12.30, just metres from the beat where the women work at night. Staff and volunteers begin to arrive. They've no idea how many women will need help this afternoon. Any one of them could be in crisis. To be honest, it wasn't what I expected when I signed up to spend an afternoon with female sex workers. Instead, there's a feeling of being part of a family. The ten or so women who arrive are of all ages from all backgrounds. One older lady, perhaps in her 60s, knits and speaks very little, but is proud to show me her collection of artwork. A jewellery workshop begins with beads and necklaces galore. They discuss missed methadone scripts, needle exchanges, housing contracts, job searches. And as I look around, I notice on the wall of the bright and cosy room is a notice board on which the title reads Dodgy Punters. 20, 30 warnings from the police of men with descriptions to arm the women as protection. He demanded money. Then, he said, would rape her as she had no money. He refused to pay up front and then became angry, attacking her. When he managed to escape, he drove after her and tried to run her over. He drove by the side of her with his window open, asking for his money back, and grabbed her bag, causing her to be dragged along the floor. The women tell me about their ongoing struggles with addiction, prison sentences, family breakdowns, and how they ended up, and for some keep ending up, on the street working. Some have been attacked and abused openly in the street. Their stories have been revoiced for the women's protection. I was first introduced into sex work when I was 13, in a paedophile ring. They used to hit us all the time. I've had plenty of broken bones. There was one who took me to a car park and told me, you know you're going to die now. I just remember his hand around my throat. It went on for a couple of hours. I was found wearing nothing but a bra and a pair of trainers, but I still went back out the next night because I had to. It wasn't a choice. Sometimes you can be standing out there and you get people like jumping out of cars or trying to scare you and then throwing eggs and potatoes and whatever else they can throw at you, like stones or something. They call us hoes and things like that just because they don't understand. It's all well and good while you're young, but as you get a little bit older and your looks start fading, you're put to the side. I had a romantic view of it. I never thought I was going to end up with no teeth, injecting in my hands, puffed out, scuttling around at night time, but I did. It's not just the women who tell me why they rely on the centre as a one-stop shop for all their needs. The 60 or so volunteers, not paid staff, are there every week in the centre and out on the road at night. Oscar tells me he's volunteered for 16 years. He's seen like a granddad or a father figure for most of the girls. He describes them as some of his daughters. Becky started volunteering during university. A lot of the women that we, we see on Sauna Outreach aren't even from Manchester. They just come and work three days and then go home to a different life. It's like they have two separate lives where they're their working life and then their home life where they have their children, husbands, family, another job or students at university. But the reality is that more women are asking the centre for help than ever before. Kate Allison, the chief executive, tells me they've helped 20% more women over the last two years, almost a 1,000. But they've also seen 20% cuts in funding. When we were first set up 25 years ago, the help we could give was very basic. We could give out condoms and offer a very basic level of support. What we're able to do now is really help people in, in real depth. 
and that's I think what we're at risk of losing we won't stop helping the women who are out there but we could end up having to do a lot less than we can at the moment. The charity will celebrate its 25th anniversary next year and for many of the women who use the service they say it's one that ultimately has helped save their lives. For me, MASH, it's about the people and the love. Seriously, they're like the only family that I've got. I got diagnosed with cancer 18 months ago, so I'm in remission now, but it took my breath away because the staff, they're there. They're not just there as a professional, but they're there for you no matter what. The people here, they don't carry you. They give you the tools and they arm you up so that it will never happen again.